So I'm here today with my mom, and we're having a little visit, and she's she's been peppering me with questions uh, about the boat and living on the boat, and I actually thought it would make a really good podcast. So um, we're going to chat about what she's most concerned about, and um, maybe this will be helpful to send to your own families if you're planning the same thing. All together. Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. Hey, Mom, it's been a pretty good visit so far. What do you think? Yeah. Pretty good? It's wonderful, yes. Nice to see you and spend some time with you. So, um, yeah, I, I know we've been sort of talking about going on this trip on the boat and living on the boat and we were on the boat for a couple of years and you didn't seem too concerned. Um, You're close to shore. Yeah, I was close to shore. <laughs> and but then we started talking about crossing the ocean and then I feel like a lot more questions came. So um, yeah, so first of all, what was it like for you when we first told you we were going to go live on a boat and sail around the world? Like what, what was the first thing that went through your head? I wasn't too surprised knowing you, but, and I was also very excited because it's something I think I would really like to be out in the middle of the ocean and see all the stars without the light pollution. Yeah. Well, you don't need to necessarily be in the middle of the ocean to do that, but um, yeah, it's cool, right? You can't do it on earth. No. <laughs> well, I mean, on, 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 land. on land. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you thought it was like a cool thing to do and yeah. you, know, you weren't, you weren't worried at all. Uh, in the beginning. No. You're just like, it's all good. No, I wasn't really too concerned, but I knew you would be close to land. But now you're saying you're going across the oceans. And then <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me a really funny look. <laughs> I wish I had that on video, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit hard for people to wrap their heads around. So like, what are your biggest concerns? I guess your safety, like if something really happened. I mean, that's uh, my biggest concern too. <laughs> so. But I think, I think, um, I know that I trust you with my safety. I mean, I think you're reliable and stuff like that and that you don't panic and you can take care of things. But there are some things out of your control, like that fire on that boat that we saw yesterday. Yeah. Well, that was on land. So... No chance of fire out in the middle of the ocean? Well, certainly fire on a boat is the biggest concern um, because the the boat will... Melt. Be, well, you have to get off the boat. And whenever you have to abandon your ship, that's the worst situation that can possibly happen. The chances of that happening are, are pretty low if you're, you know, if you're assessing risk overall and what what has the most amount of risk that's low on the list but it's a very high concern if it does happen right so that's the thing we've got the garbage truck outside but so what are you going to do now like some emergency happens anything like a heart attack or something how do you get help to you to get you out of there so that's a different question so um so let me answer the first one so if we had to abandon ship, that's absolutely the worst case scenario. We do have a life raft. We have a ditch bag. We have... What's a ditch bag? A ditch bag is um, when you need to abandon ship, you have everything in there that you would need in addition to all of the supplies on the life raft. So the life raft comes 
stocked with water and different things. Flares. Flare, you know, all kinds of things. But in the ditch bag, we'll have additional flares. We'll have um, a sat phone. We'll have... What's a sat phone? A satellite phone. We'll have our EPIRB, which is the thing that will help us um, basically send us rescue signals so they know where we are. Um, but certainly being in... Can you attach those to your body? So like if you as a person went missing... Oh, like if one uh, like, of us fell off a boat? Yeah, like a pinger mm-hmm. or something? Yeah, we have uh, AIS on our, our life vest, um, which is a personal... Do you wear like the li- life vest all the time? We, w- we do wear the life vest if we can't see land, um, and or if it's at night. We always put our life vest on. That's, that's kind of our rule. So, yeah, but you don't w- ever want to fall off a boat. Like, that's the worst That's the worst thing that can happen, and especially at night in... in big seas, right? So that's, that's not good. Um, which is also why when we are offshore sailing, we have tethers. So we attach ourselves to the boat. Oh, that's good. And we attach ourselves to, uh, jack lines, which are basically lines that go up and down the boat. So like a clothesline, kind of like a clothesline on a boat, but you attach yourself so that if, you know, You you can pull yourself back or if the, or if the boat, heels funny and you fall off the side it's hard for one person to pull themselves back up because it's it's high but you know Stefan could help me but what if Stefan wasn't there well I wouldn't go in the middle of the night in rough weather I wouldn't go up there (laughs) by myself without him knowing I was there those are good questions though yeah okay so what if the boat sprang a leak oh well or if you had something like an iceberg or trash (laughs) like a container or something like that yeah yeah so um yeah you don't want the boat to spring a leak there are yeah but what if it happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let's you don't want any first of all let's unpack the question so the first question is let's just talk about icebergs so we're not gonna hopefully be in any cold weather where there's random icebergs floating around <laughs> we kind of want to stay in warm weather so that's the first thing so but I, you're going in winter uh, it doesn't matter there's no icebergs where on the equator where we're going okay they're only you know above and below um yeah but below you can't see them <laughs> no i mean below the equator or above the equator like in higher altitudes or oh oh okay um so what else? Um, the the trash, though, we have worried about hitting um, submersed container, like shipping containers yeah. that fall. Or submarines. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, <laughs> hopefully a submarine. <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't, we have radar. I would think that they would see us because they have better radar than we have coming up. You know, I'm sure they're looking for stuff if they were going to come up. Um, But in terms of the the large trash or logs or, you know, submerged containers, we we have um, a piece of equipment on board that uh, can see anomalies in the water. And we're excited about that. It's called the Oscar. I think it's called CAI now, uh, SEA.AI, where it uses uh, artificial intelligence to 
look and see what's in front of you. And they ha if it has anomalies, it can tell if it's a buoy or a fishing boat or something like that. So, yeah, if it does spring a leak, um, we certainly, you know, would need to respond to that situation and, and um, make sure we were trying to... <laughs> what are you laughing about? Oh, you're having a hot flash. You need yeah, to open the that. door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, is that better? <laughs> Little breeze. Um, so there are there are things we can. Do. It depends on how big the hole is, you know. If it, the I know you just looked at me again at that face. <laughs> okay, so in the front of the boat, in the holes, yeah, we have watertight. They're called crash boxes, yeah. and they're the points of the hole where basically they're completely sealed. So if we hit something from the front and it does break through the hole, which is a very strong part of the boat, for if some reason that happens, it's an airtight situation. So the chances of the boat having further damage or, or sinking because of that are lower because it just damages the front part of the boat, but the rest of the boat is completely sealed off. What Would, if it hits you on the side? So if it hits us on the side, that's a little bit of a different story. Um, and becomes more concerning, certainly. What would you do about it? Do you have sandbags on there? <laughs> <laughs> Buckets to bail? <laughs> well, Stefan and I haven't uh, fully assessed the, yeah, there's just a little bit of background noise with the door open, but it's okay. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't have a plan right now on what happens. There are certain thing, certainly things you can do. Like we have large plastic tarps we can put over the side of the hole um, or sails in, in the worst case scenario um, to try to keep the water out. Um, you, you, you kind of put a barrier, right, to try to keep water from coming out. Yeah. If the hole, if the hole is, is small, there's putty and stuff that you can shove into the hole but if it's a huge thing on the side does it stick on like yeah there's some waterproof stuff i would say the other thing is you know one of the reasons we decided to have a catamaran versus a monohull there are many reasons but one of them was they're just harder to sink they it's not that they don't sink um, but they tend to be more buoyant even if even if there's water in both holes. So the idea is if something like that happened, we would be able to stay on the vessel and even stay on the top attaching ourselves to to the boat um, even if it was capsized. So I do know I do know that some students that I was it, were in class with um, sailed across the ocean, or I don't know if they sailed or they paddled on a little life. They were from Korea or something to escape some tragedy. <laughs> and they, they made it. Really? They're about 60 yeah. people on a little lifeboat. Yeah. So I mean, you never people, know. People, people do, do stuff. I mean, you know, hopefully you don't have to be in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so those are some tough questions there, Mom. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> what about killer whales? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that's been a little bit more of a concern lately, especially because we're leaving out of Gibraltar, which is where th they show up. Um, so you'll get hit early and you'll know. Well, be able that's to swim the good news is, is everybody's aware of it. You know, there's a protocol of what to do if they start. They go after your rudder. And so if they break the rudder and you're right out in Gibraltar, you know, there's 
people to call and they come and tow you in and you can get your boat fixed. But, um, you know, I think there's only been one or two situations that were really, really serious of all of the, all of the encounters that have happened. So, so. I just read, I was just watching a video on that cause I was concerned about it. And it said that you don't want to face them head on. <laughs> I don't know if any of that matters. And um, <laughs> yeah, swim alongside them. I mean. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to turn the boat. You're supposed to turn everything off. You're supposed to just let them play with the boat and whatever happens, happens. That's kind of the thing. Um, there's different techniques people are exploring, you know, like putting sand over the side. I don't know. So. Um, what do you put sand over the side for? I don't know. So, some say it distracts them or I don't know. But um you know, we will know better about how to handle that situation more specifically once we go to do it because we'll have the most up-to-date information. I think they're still studying the problem, but the chances too of that happening are pretty low. I mean, there's a lot, you know, it seems like a lot because all of a sudden in the news, there's a lot, but this has been going on for a few years now, number one. And number two, there's so much boat traffic in that area like all of the boat traffic that goes in and out of the med goes through the Gibraltar Strait. So the amount of boats is huge compared to the, the actual number that are getting reported. So, I mean, hopefully we'll go and there'll be no event and it'll be fine. And if it does, um, you know, we will have a procedure for what to do. Now you're going happens. with other boats. Yeah, the idea is to do the the Atlantic crossing with other boats. So we'll have other boats. The thing is the boats, you know, the boat isn't right next to you, right? Like they'll right. be around or in the vicinity and you'll be able to contact each other in case something Can you happen. see them though? Sometimes, sometimes you can't see them. Um, but they're, the idea of sailing together is that you stay enough together that if something happened, you could um, help the other, other boat. So, so what if, one boat was being attacked by whales and you went to help them and then well there's nothing you can you have to let that just play itself out and once the once the we would certainly stop or you know try to um you know stay in range stay in range but you don't want to be right there and then have have a double problem yeah yeah so how do you know if a giant storm that wasn't predicted comes. Like yeah, that's the, a really good question. Because the weatherman doesn't necessarily know no. the answers. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is one thing that has really uh, improved over the years um, because of all of the equipment that is now available. And um, we'll have Starlink on board. So what if the internet shuts down in the whole I'm, world? I'm getting to that. So um, we do have backup equipment for communication in addition to, to Starlink will have a, another way to communicate. Um, and the other thing that we've committed to is when we do long passages over big oceans, we'll get a weather service. So the weather service is basically like you get a um, ocean weatherman and that's all that person does. Um, what if you're asleep and the weather changes? Well, no one will be asleep on the boat. How do you stay up for four days or five days or how long does it take to get across? Well, across the Atlantic between 10 and 14 days, depending. How do you stay up for 14 days? You do days? shifts. Oh. Yeah. Like, what do you think? We just go to sleep at night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. no, someone has to be awake all the time. 
So the cool thing about the weather service is they know where you are at all times. They're tracking you. Um, and if can some, I get a tracker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll set that up for you. But the other thing is they'll they help you monitor weather. So if something does form that you weren't expecting, you know, storms also aren't like earthquakes. They don't just instantly happen. Yeah. Um, they form and um, they will be tracking what's forming. So if something gets kind of... Like a tornado or something? Cyclone? Hurricane, mostly, you know, or cyclones. Um, where, you know, he that person can see it forming, they will say, okay, you need to go this way to avoid the storm. And the good thing about the boat is the boat goes fast if, if it needs to. Um, and we will be able to move out of the way. So does it have a motor on it? It does. It has an engine. So is it electric engine or gasoline? It's it's gasoline. Um, yeah, because we wanted to make sure we absolutely had a way to propel the boat that was really dependable and we weren't worried about running out of, you know, electricity for the motor. What about running out of fuel? Um, well, normally you do a passage and you, you have enough fuel to take care of yourself. I think, you know, it is a sailboat, so you also depend on the sails. So you're not filling up your, you're not doubling up your fuel tanks necessarily. Some people do. Um, I don't know that we'll do that, um, but we should have enough to get to where we need to be if we're in a situation where we need to. Yeah. Do you have air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Is that a safety question? Yeah, it is. If it gets too hot or too cold, you might freeze to death or you might overheat. Well, well, if I freeze to death, we are definitely in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I get cold, I have a tendency to get cold sometimes, um, in which case we'll have uh, hot water on board and I can take a warm shower. Um, Hypothermia is kind of, there's a different treatment plan for that and we have a procedure for that. Um, You know, but it would probably take someone falling into the water, which is the whole different problem, um, actually, which is really bad. Um, and then, uh, gets too hot. Yes. So I did insist to have air conditioning put on the boat. Uh, I think Stefan would be happy if we didn't have it because it's an, a system we wouldn't have to deal with and wouldn't have to power. But yeah, that was, that was the deal breaker for me. having air conditioning. You have it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So are you going to go scuba diving while you're out there? Yeah, so we are both scuba certified, but I would not call us dive experts at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, We are open water certified, which means you can dive off a boat um, if you want to. And um, the thing is, is it's just we don't have enough experience to do it ourselves. Would you go? So you're not doing that? We would, if we did it, we would have a dive person come and meet us. Oh. I mean, first of all, we're not going to dive off the boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, like, that's you what don't want to leave the boat. Oh. We're not leaving the boat in the middle of the ocean. No, that's not happening. But if we're anchored somewhere and you know it's a cool place to go diving, still, I think we would try to get a dive expert to come out. How do you get exercise, though? You run in place? <laughs> On the boat? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're next to the, if you're at anchor, you're walking and hiking. I know. And I'm talking places. about the middle oh, of the ocean. during a passage? Yeah. Well, you do push-ups and jumping jacks and anything else. But, I mean, 10 days walking around isn't, you know, like you're stretching and 
stuff like that. It's not like you're doing aerobic exercise because you, why not turn up the music and just well, because there's the so much to do. Like when you have a watch schedule, you have to stay on watch and you have to be paying attention. You know, it's not like you can just go do something else <laughs> and hurt yourself, you know? So, but what oh, I did do, yeah. what I did do when I would take watch watches is I have the bands, you know, the r- big rubber bands. Oh. The resistance bands. Oh, yeah. And I would be on watch and I would do my arms and, you know, do my biceps and my triceps and, you know, stuff do like that. Do you do it to music? Uh, yeah, I listen to music or audio do you have to? Do you have to um, also hear everything that's going out on, like traffic? I mean, there's no traffic, <laughs> so. But. Well, you certainly have to be paying attention to all your alarms that you set for whatever it is um, that you're monitoring. Um but, you know, I listen to audiobooks and things like that. Yeah. So, I uh-oh. You have a look on your face. So you're gonna- <laughs> I'm just thinking about if you saw any aliens, if you could take pictures of them. <laughs> I know you didn't want me to ask that, but. <laughs> Do you think there are aliens that suddenly I would be able to see in the ocean? Well, I mean, the government is saying, putting out reports now. You that don't listen to Fox News, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a low, low likelihood that aliens would visit me. <laughs> Not visit you, but that you could photograph some and send me the pictures. Sure, I'll send you the pictures if I see aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so you can take pictures of really neat things or videos yeah, and send yeah, them. Yeah, we are excited of being able to take um, time-lapse pictures of like the night sky and stuff. Oh, you can take? Yeah, so that would be really cool. I'd like to see the night sky. Yeah, definitely want to do that. You asked a question in the beginning, which I don't know that I answered. You said something like, what if one of you has a heart attack? Yeah. And you need to get off the boat. Yeah, so sudden medical issues like that are not great. You can drink your coffee. Oh. It's okay, yeah. Just don't don't (laughs) spill it in the mic. Um, but we just got through some medical training, um, so we know how to handle certain situations. Um, we have made a decision to put a AED on board, which basically is the thing that jolts your heart back. Um, oh. And the reason we made that decision is um, not so much for being offshore, because if someone has a heart attack and you do jolt them back to life, mm-hmm. um, and they're still in a bad situation. They're not reviving and like calming down and like, you know, coming back to normal, quote yeah. unquote normal. Um, if it's a really bad event like that. Um, I mean, because even that football player got hit in the chest and had a heart attack right on the field. Yeah. I mean, if if someone has a critical heart attack in that moment and we're offshore, the chances of survival are slim to none. Um, so can you sail the boat by yourself? I can. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, you know, been working on. Um, I feel... Been working on, I mean... Well, learning how to sail a boat is a, takes a lifetime. Like, I don't think you can ever say you're good at sailing a boat. I think you're constantly learning. Could I safely manage to get back to land? I do feel confident that I could do that. Oh, good. Um, you know, but if Stefan, for whatever reason, you know, was no longer available... And um, it was terrible hurricane conditions. And like a few things would have to go wrong, right? All at once. Well, um, like if he broke both legs or something. If he did? Yeah. 
yeah, I, I definitely feel like that would be a manageable situation, assuming, again, there wasn't like suddenly a hurricane too, you know, like. What if there is? Well, there wouldn't be because I would have the weather service and oh. I would have, you know, the ability to get out of that situation. But if <clears throat> if something happens in a medical, you know, medical crisis where we're at anchor or close to shore or on, you know, a shorter passage, I think that's much easier to manage because you're usually close um, to somewhere you could get help. And the degrees of help differ, well, you know, like certainly in the med, it's, it's, uh, you know, you're off the shore of France, you have the French system, which is good. Yeah, but if, about if you're the in middle Fiji of the ocean. Or, or the, these other places where it may be hard to get specialized care, you know, um, it's a little bit different situation too. So are you avail- available for a helicopter or something to come get you? Yeah. Or? So what we'll, we'll have, um, rescue services basically as part of our insurance plan. And it's, and mm-hmm. it works all over the ocean. I mean, they can't land on your boat to pick somebody up. No, they can't land. And certainly helicopters can't search, you yeah. know, certain places. So the most likely intervention is another ship, oh. um, <clears throat> which is a very <clears throat> scary situation because, and we've actually had friends who um, have had a, a death on board. And then they had to come and get the remains <clears throat> by a ship. And um, that was actually the most dangerous part of the anything that happened because you're a small boat next to a big ship with a bunch of wash and yeah. people get really hurt. So, yeah, I mean, those are all worst case scenarios. Um, but, you know, there are worst case scenarios here on land too, you know, driving your car. So, yeah, but at least you can find the body. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And then I also worry about <clears throat> global conflict. Like submarines from here to there and with bombs and nuclear weapons. and Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, so there's certainly places to avoid. Like, you know, I wouldn't go sailing in, you know, the Black Sea right now. Um, probably that would be a bad idea. Um, <clears throat> on the maps, uh, there are places where people practice um, basically filing, firing ammunition that's what i'm talking about they're all on they're all recorded on the maps so charts but for the sake of this conversation i'll call it a map so so we'll know um you know where those areas are and you kind of avoid the areas and so that's that's the thing and i think there are places we would choose not to visit if it were dangerous what about pirates Pirates is a good question. So there is a pirate risk map, um, which doesn't just cover piracy, which is when they take over your vessel. Yeah. But even it includes, um, you know, armed robbery and and things like this, um, or even petty theft. Um, and those are recorded in different areas. So there's a piracy risk map for the world, and it shows you kind of where those events have happened. Um, but do you have a gun on board or? Something? Oh, you're asking what to do. <clears throat> so first of all, the, we're, we intend to minimize pl- our visit Risk. to places where those things are actively taking place. Right. Um, there's certainly risks in places like the Indian Ocean, um, certain places off the coast of Africa. Um, yeah, but what is And even some- in the Caribbean, you know, there's, it's not so much privacy as it is robberies. Um, but people, you know, try to take your dinghy and stuff like that. It's like, okay, let them have it, you know? 
Um, so would you ask me? I said, do you, would you have a gun or something to protect yourself or a <clears throat> electric Broad. Shocker, bear <laughs> yeah. shocker. You could poke them with it, <laughs> poke them, electrocute yeah. them, or something. Um, we do have a procedure <clears throat> that we um, will go through that I won't go into detail on because it's personal, and every boat has their own personal thing. For us, though, we don't intend to carry a firearm. Might um, blow a hole in the boat. It's just it it just escalates everything really quickly. And if people have a firearm and you have a firearm, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to imagine. Um, that going well, um, <laughs> having a shootout, you know, a duel. And, and I think, I think, I think m- m- more the question is, are you prepared to kill somebody? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Like that's, that's tough. I'd rather just give them my stuff and hope for the best. Um, yeah. I mean, no one likes to be in that situation and certainly you want to, you, there are things you can do to protect yourself in that moment. And we do have procedures for that, but, uh, you know, I, we, we just, we made a personal choice for us that carrying a firearm on board. And it also creates a lot of problems going in and out of countries Yeah, because they have to then take the firearm and it's like, then you don't have the firearm yeah. while you're there. So <clears throat> that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. So what if you got electrocuted or, um, no, lightning. Oh, lightning. Um, yeah, lightning is also bad. Um, <laughs> I know. You're asking a lot of really hard questions um, that make paint a picture like it's really super dangerous. Um, but getting struck by lightning is more likely to happen in a marina. Like when you're surrounded by other boats. Like that's when it's more likely to happen. Because... Because the sail could work as a lightning rod, you it know? does act as a lightning rod. Um, we have a carbon mast. What's that? Uh, it's not aluminum. Oh. Um, which I don't even know if there's been a lot of research, and maybe the re- the listeners, you know, if, if you guys have any kind of research on carbon mass and and lightning attraction and probability versus an aluminum mass, that'd be awesome. Um, all I know is if it gets struck by lightning, it explodes. The, the mast explodes versus getting hit and then, you know, all that. So um, it's a bad outcome, but, um, you know, again, they're... they're Do you have an extra mask? No, 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 we don't. So... Maybe you should consider Well, that. a lot of people who, who have boats, and we know people, we know a handful of people who've gotten... There's like a plane overboard. A handful of people who've gotten hit by lightning and... And not directly hit, because there's direct hits, which are bad. You want to avoid those. Um, How do you avoid them? You don't know where lightning's going to strike. Well, you can kind of see, you want to avoid storms. Yeah. Right? Um, Big storms. Squalls are different. Um, But also, you know, hopefully we're not sailing into the middle of a lightning storm. I mean, it'll at some point happen. You know, it's, it's bound to happen. But the chances of getting struck by lightning are, you know... You, you just take that on as a risk, but yeah, it's not, um, but the people who've, who have had lightning damage, it's just fried all their electrical systems. Then what so, would you do? Well, we have backup systems for everything. Um, and we also have ways of, you know, if we know that's going to be the situation, there are things we can do to protect our devices. Um, so certain devices we'll have access to, to be able to get, um, our, our position information. Can you take that pole down, the lightning 
rod? Could you take it down in a storm or like the mast? Yeah. No, it uh. doesn't come off. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> okay, then what about drinking water? Yeah. Do you have enough drinking water on board or you have a s- yeah. salination device? It's called a water maker. A water yeah. maker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we do have a water maker and um, desalination. When people do passages also, they carry enough water in case your water maker breaks in addition to a backup. Um, so we'll have an, a way to not only make water as a you know third or fourth layer of protection, but we will also have bottled water on board to be able to drink in addition to the water maker water. So what what else? What other questions? <sighs> so how do you get your boat if something happens? How do you get your boat back? What do you mean? You just leave it there and abandon ship and if they fly you out of there or take you off There's the no getting the boat back once you abandon ship, oh. which is why no one wants to do it. Is right? it insured? Of course it's insured. Um, so if you had to abandon ship, you'd get a new one or if a pirate stole it and kicked you off in a yeah i mean all of this is in the fine print of whatever insurance policy you purchase Mm -hmm. and um you know we're definitely going through that process now because you have to read the fine print you have to know exactly what you're going to get if if something bad happens and and what um you know we've heard stories of people like something will happen on the boat and the boat will be damaged. And, but because for some random reason they didn't have the right amount of fire extinguishers on board, they won't cover what happened, even though it has nothing to do with the do actual you, damage. Do you have fire? Yeah, yeah. 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 So you have to make sure you, you, you do all of the standards that need to be followed to enable your insurance policy to be um, valid. So say, for instance, um, you're, someone drags into your boat and, cra- and damages the side of your boat at an anchorage. Mm-hmm. They can't, you don't want them to come on and go, oh, we won't pay for the damage to your boat because you, you're short a fire extinguisher, which has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Um, but so it's important to just be on top of all of that. Yeah. So what if you run out of food? Uh, well, I don't think we'll run out of food. Um, you know, when you do a... You mean during a passage? Yeah. Yeah, because food's everywhere in the world. It's an amazing thing. You can find food anywhere. Oh, eat fish or something? (laughs) Well, you can certainly do that, but... Do you have a harpoon? (laughs) (laughs) We do have... um, We don't intend to do fishing as a sport or on an everyday basis, but we will have fishing, emergency fishing equipment on board if we need it. But when you do a passage, you really do plan for being out three times as long as you expect to be gone. So, um, yeah, we'll have spare uh, provisions on board. Yeah. And a basketball in case you get stuck on an island. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if we get stuck on an island, I don't know if we'll call anybody to come rescue us. I don't know. How do you do uh, your laundry? Or do you do laundry? Yeah, it's funny. We had a washing machine um, on our last boat and... I didn't use it all that much because we would go into port port and bring the laundry and it was just easier to, and you know, people make a living doing people's laundry. So you feel like, you know, you're helping them too. But 
Um, then I started just using a big bucket and washing stuff. But, you know, when you're in hot climates, you don't wear all that many clothes. Um, you know, you have your bathing suits and... Just go naked on the boat. <laughs> People do. Um, but, you know, we you, you're not wearing that many clothes. So actually washing the clothes isn't that hard. Um, it's more... But can you rinse them in fresh water and yeah, not run you have, out of water? Yeah, yeah. Because your water maker is constantly oh. working. Like you run your water maker so you always have enough water. Oh, that's good. It's not like you make it once and it runs out. Yeah. So that's how we do our laundry. So what things do you worry about that I don't know about? Or do you want to mention them? <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I'm no, I think the ones that I, most concern me are unexpected health emergencies for sure. Um, which is why we were so thorough on getting our health check done. We had full body scans. Basically <clears throat> we don't have any tumors that were visible. Um, you know, we try to take good care of our health and eat properly and, and all of that and get enough sleep so that we don't, so we're being kind to our immune system. But I don't understand how you can get enough sleep if one person has to be awake all the time. Oh, you do shifts. <clears throat> you do shifts. But what if you're not used to that yet? Well, you, you get used to it pretty quickly. Um, you fall into a rhythm. And it's actually interesting, you know, because I'm a big person who likes, I love my sleep. So um, what I've, I was really concerned about, like, would I get enough sleep? And definitely after you get a passage, what people say is is um, they sleep for two days, basically, you know, because you're, you're behind on your sleep bank. Yeah. But, um, you know, you can fall into good routines where you're getting, you know, a 90-minute, if you're getting a 90-minute amount of sleep here and a 90-minute sleep there, it's kind of like, Though you sleep when you can sleep, and you make sure that um, you're 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 scheduling your sleep properly to get as much sleep as you can. And then, what about don't you get to visit with Stefan and stuff? Um, we we will swap over, you know, during our our passage. Because what if you see something really neat and you want to wake him up? Yeah, and you know, we're not going to be just the two of us on the boat. Um, oh. at least in the beginning. So like the biggest passage we have coming up is the Atlantic crossing. So there'll be four people on the boat. So it'll be two of us and oh. two other people. Oh, well, and so easy. that helps. And, um, you know, it helps with the schedule, the watch schedule. Stefan likes to be awake at night and he likes night watches and he doesn't need that much sleep as a human being. He needs, he's, he needs like way less sleep than I do, like half the amount of sleep for whatever reason. And so we found kind of a, a thing where I can go until midnight and then he can go until six, you know, like we, he's done 6am. I don't know if we would came, keep that same watch schedule um, the whole time. Because it's more than two people. We will have four people. But then he can sleep more during the day. And I'm happy during the day because I can see things, you know, and it's less scary. Yeah. So um, it works out. But, yeah. So I think I think the medical emergency is one of those things where, like, you know, we could be walking down the street, mom, and you can have a heart attack, you know. And it's like, I wouldn't want that to happen, but that could, that would be terrible, right? Same thing goes. Like, you, you just... Yeah, but you could call nine one one if you're on land. Yeah, I mean that's true, um, but who knows if it'll make a difference, right? Like you don't know. It's same in the middle of the ocean. I think the other thing that does concern me certainly is um, 
is getting struck by lightning, that would be that would be a bad situation. I think another one in the middle of the ocean. I think another one would be um, something that I worry about that I have no control over is rogue waves. Um, I shouldn't have even brought that up. <laughs> I don't want you to worry. Rogue waves are just really big waves that come out of nowhere. and But it doesn't tip your boat over. Hopefully not. Oh, it could tip your boat over. Um, which is why it's <clears throat> concerning. Um, but How would you get your boat flipped back the other way? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Mm. You'd have to abandon. <clears throat> um, or try to pull it in or something like that. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know where my phone's ringing, I think, from, from Emily. My daughter's calling me. I don't know where my phone is. Anyway, so did you get a lot out of this conversation, or are you more concerned and worried now? Maybe I'm more worried now. But <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I think I'll just say my prayers and... Yeah, I mean, it's like anything else, you know. You just you, have to faith, have you faith and hope that yeah. everything works out fine. Then you do things and you take on a certain amount of risk and you, <clears throat> you try to, you know, build in, build in layers of, of risk management and, you know, make smart decisions and don't let sort of bad situations get really bad to become really bad situations. That's kind of the best you can do. Well, it's good that you and Stefan get along so well. Yeah, some it people is. <laughs> some people. <laughs> Otherwise, can't we wouldn't stand be doing 14, it. Yeah, <laughs> fourteen days on a boat with somebody yeah. else. No, it's pretty fun. We'd have fun in a broom closet. Anyway, um, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I don't know, um, but if you have loved ones that certainly worry about you, maybe you can share it, or you know, it'll stimulate a, interesting conversation. Have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, have a good laugh. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, shoot us an email at sailingowen at gmail if you have any questions. And fair winds for now. 